Welcome to Token Asians. I'm your host, Janine. Today, we're talking to my friend Mary about racism. Nearly every Asian person has experienced some form of racism, especially if we're a visible minority where we live. This definitely affects our interactions and our decision making. We'll also be talking about internalized racism, which is when we unconsciously or consciously believe or accept the negative racial stereotypes placed on us. It's when we start to discriminate and invalidate our own ethnicity and our own culture. Let's see how this sort of thing affects us. Welcome to Token Asian. Uh, my name is Janine, and I'm here with my friend Mary. Hello. And, <laughs> and we are going to talk about racism and internalized racism. Here we go. Uh, you weren't born in Canada. You were born in... Taiwan. In Taiwan, yeah, that's right. So, how old were you when you came here? I was seven when my family immigrated over. What was your yeah. first day in Canada like? That's a great question. I don't remember what the first day was like, but I have, I guess, like snippets of memories from our probably like our first couple months in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember that we immigrated here in the summer and the winter of that year that we came here in 92 was the heaviest snowfall that I think the lower mainland had seen in some time so that was our first experience with snow and it also happened to be like this incredibly just like it was like snow from a movie it's like oh if you want to see snow for the first time here's like five feet of it (laughs) just to introduce it so I have very vivid memories of just like what that F is go. Sorry, can you swear? You can swear. Okay. I swear. Okay. <laughs> just, like, just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> with this, this is what this thing we've only like heard of and seen in movies before. And now it's just like, oh, tons and tons of them in your backyard. And we, having never experienced it before, we're not equipped to deal with how to, you know, navigate life yeah. and live. What is shoveling? Yeah. You better figure it out real soon. What is driving in snow? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. What are these conditions that you've never had to deal with before? Yeah. Here it is all Holy shit, it's fucking cold. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, for me as a seven-year-old, it's not like I had to figure any of that out. Mm-hmm. Right? But, all, of course, all of that went... That labor went to my my mom and my older brother, who is uh, 11 years older than me, so mm-hmm. had to... Had to try to figure out a lot of that stuff real quick. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember your first experience with racism? So I guess just like some context, and I think this was your experience as well, given like the the town that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Like we, I think we went to different elementary schools, but both of us were probably like one of like a handful of people of color at our elementary school. Yeah. If not like... I was the only one until grade five. Okay. In your yeah. whole school. I was the only not white person. Holy shit. Until grade five. Okay. <laughs> so it was very odd. Yeah. Um, so, and so my younger brother and I, we were one of, I think, four Chinese kids in yeah. the whole school, but the other two Chinese kids were our cousins. Oh, so no. it's like from the start, people, like, you couldn't even be like, oh, just because we're all Chinese doesn't mean we're all related, because it's like, oh, holy shit, we are. The only <laughs> Chinese kids in this whole school are all related to each other. My first very vivid memory of, and, and it's like, I didn't have... Obviously, when I was seven and we first immigrated, I also didn't speak English. So not only did I like not have the language skills to to figure this out, I also just didn't have the terminology to even know what racism was. Mm-hmm. But like my first experience at the time, knowing that I was different and that and that I was othered, was 
and it's, it's going to sound so stereotypical when I say it now, but it was bringing my lunch to school. Yeah. I have such a vivid memory of like bringing a container of like ground pork on rice that my yeah. mom made, which we would, would eat all the time at home and bringing that to school and then having, I was like having trouble with the Tupperware. So one of my class, one of my classmates, uh, who was white, like all my classmates were, um, was like, oh, like you're struggling. Let me help you with that. So having good intentions. And then as soon as he helped, he helped me open it. He, he like, uh, like my memory of it is like, he physically recoiled from what he saw in yeah. my Tupperware. Cause to this white kid who was having like, probably like peanut, peanat butter, butter and jelly <laughs> sandwiches <laughs> and like fucking gushers or something. <laughs> um, he just saw like brown shit yeah. on white shit and i remember him being like what is that are you gonna eat that and even though i had never experienced something like that before especially especially in response to to food that mm-hmm. i was so familiar with and had grown up and had like gone to school with other kids who took similar food i remember like in that moment because of his reaction because of the reactions of other kids who saw what was in my food that it like my immediate response was like i need to pretend like i don't like this Mm -hmm. like and it's like and you think about the number of things that like for us as kids of color in a predominantly white school like the number of like like mental gymnastics that are like our young child minds (laughs) must have had to do to be like they don't like this i need to fit in what do i need to say to fit in i need to start rejecting my culture like Mm -hmm. we are taught and conditioned that so early on yeah so that was that's my earliest memory of self-hating yeah yeah basically self-hating I literally just didn't eat my lunch for mm-hmm. weeks. Oh no. And like from that experience, I was like, I am afraid to take yeah. it out. And my mom started questioning, um, like, why are you always bringing home your food? Why your mom's you? a good cook. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's, and then she's like, you eat this at home. I made it for you the night before. And then you come back with it. What happened? And I remember lying to her and saying like, oh, I think it's because I'm just so full from breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like I have... You know, you, you think about how many years ago that is, and I have such clear memories of white kids making fun of my food, pretending like ha- having to hate it, and then going hungry, and then having to lie to my mom about yeah. why it was happening. Because it's like, even though I was seven, you know, not only like on some level I knew to fit in to my school, I needed to lie about my food, but I also like knew enough in my mind that I can't tell my mom that that's what it is. Because that would hurt her feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's something... See, you had exactly. you had empathy as a child, and I didn't. So I just like demand, like, Mom, the kids are making fun of me. So like, just make me better. Just make me a ham sandwich, and I don't want to be weird. <laughs> but like, she didn't know how to fucking make a ham sandwich. So it was literally ham on bread smacked together. <laughs> Here, you fucking asshole. <laughs> this is what you want. <laughs> and I was like, this is awful. Like, this is so. I'm a white kid. Yeah, <laughs> I'm one of you. Hello, fellow Caucasian children. I love this Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread with a slice of ham in the middle. This is terrible. Fuck. So flavorful. <laughs> and I don't remember how we eventually got there, but my mom did eventually start making us like white people food mm-hmm. and packing like dunkaroos and yeah. like plain ass sandwiches mm-hmm. because she's and I've never thought to ask my mom what that process was like and how she came to that realization. Like, was it just us coming home not eating our food that triggered that or did she, did we have some conversation that I don't remember where she realized like mm-hmm. oh okay 
I get it. You have to hide since you can't like visibly hide being Chinese because、mm-hmm. of your features and your skin color. Here's like maybe some other way that we need to like hide the fact that we're Chinese at school. Shh, <laughs> <laughs> Asian man. Oh my god. <laughs> But no, it is because there it is that difficulty in like trying to assimilate, but you just can't. Yeah. Right. There's only a certain level you can go to, and like trying as hard as you can to lose your accent, and、yeah. you know, trying not to reference anything Asian. <laughs> like, did you ever have an accent? I did. Really? I did, but I um, I lost it really early. I lost it by grade one. Do、so. you think that was like a conscious effort that you made, or or unconscious effort, or because do you think it was just because you were so young that it was、um, easy for you to? I wanted to. Oh, there goes my dog. Honestly, it was because I was being. Literally babysat by the TV, and all I did was just watch TV and parrot it back. Okay. So it just I just sounded like people on TV. Yeah. And that was just uh, it was just easier for me to assimilate. Also because I was young, because we had ESL in kindergarten, which was the funniest thing because it was literally just the gym teacher and me and a Russian kid <laughs> in the basement, like, and she's awkwardly trying to like. Read from her ESL, how to teach ESL for dummies like, book. She was like learning <laughs> as she went there, like, oh fuck, this has never been a need before. Right, someone the, needs to take this off. Right, and the other, the only other immigrant is like this Russian girl, so she's white. She's already halfway there. Yeah. So, oh, God damn it, and you know, so. It was just weird, but eventually I just like, okay, well, better sound like them, and then I don't have to sit in the basement anymore. <laughs> Did she just try and get up on the couch、she、again、did. and fail? She、oh、did. Oh my god! But because because my parents moved around a lot, we moved pretty often. But every time I went to a new school, I had to take an ESL test. Every time. What? Yeah, every time I moved schools, I had to take a new ESL test. What? Like the school would be like,、mm, rather than speaking to this child, yeah,、no. can you prove on yeah some yeah standardized yeah. test that you know English? Yeah. Were you not just like I can fucking understand well, what you're it, saying? When I went, the last time I did it was、uh, going into grade eight, and they took everyone who wasn't who had a not regular white name, <laughs> and they grouped <laughs> like, us all together. They grouped all of us together, and they forced everyone not white to take an ESL test. That is some racist ass bullshit. Yeah, and every like half of us finished immediately because we were all like. God damn you, fuckers! You're like, um,、uh, yeah. I'm doing better in my English classes than the white kids, right? Make them take this ESL <laughs> right? test. Like, like, excuse me. Like, there was literally a kid who was like reading from Lord of the Flies, and he said Island, fucking grade, fucking eleven English, and this bitch says Island. They didn't have to do an ESL test. That just makes me so、it. mad. <laughs> Oh、my God, <laughs> <laughs> and、uh, yeah, so that was the last time I took it because I transferred to our school、yeah. uh, midway through grade ten. Okay, so I didn't have to do it then because it wasn't a new year. Yeah. But yeah, every time there'd be a new year and I'd start a new school, I'd have to do an ESL test. And do you remember in all those instances where they like fucking round up all like <laughs> yeah all the kids who weren't white? Were there always? Like were there a lot, or was it actually like not that many of you, and that's why they were like, we don't know how to interact well, with these children. Well, here's the thing: is that in 1995 there was a huge influx of Asian people because that was when 
the thing with Hong Kong happened, yeah, yeah. and then Vietnam opened its uh, borders. A bunch of people from Taiwan came over in 1995. So it was just this huge influx of immigration. So yeah, there were a lot of new ESL people, yeah. but then there were also a lot of people who were like second to third generation who did not need this. Mm-hmm. But it was literally came on over the PA, and it was like, well, the following students report to the gym, and it was just like, and I'm sitting there listening to them, and I'm like. Sounds like you're calling everybody not white. Yeah, and they're probably butchering all the names. Oh yeah. Too. We're just like we go there and be like, oh my god, this is like random selection at the border. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In a really terrible way, preparing you for the for the racial profiling yeah. and stereotyping you're going to experience in the real world. And we're just like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like choose the correct verb like jesus christ <laughs> but you know um no, that's like hilarious and horrifying yeah so i'm laughing because it is like horrifying yeah that that's but like adults and administrators were like i know how we will it's not like you solve had, this non-existent problem it's not like you had access to my i don't know transcripts yeah. or anything yeah yeah <laughs> no 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 let's make sure we well we don't know what kind of education they had in their country i was born in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> But where are you really from? <laughs> I actually had someone ask, where are you from? And I said, Winnipeg. And he said, is that somewhere in Japan? Fuck off. And I was like, uh. And at times when people would ask, uh, what's your ethnicity? I would say, I'm Asian. And they would be like, well, what? what? what Just Asian. Asian just Asians. No. Only Asian. It's like none of your fucking business. It's just Asian. Yeah. Or I would just be like, I'm Kenyan. Just really <laughs> throw them off. Yep. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, I'm Czechoslovakian. Yeah, you get you ask a dumbass question, get a dumbass answer. Right? The other question that everyone always feels is relevant to Asian women is yellow fever guys. Oh, God. Did you ever encounter them? Is, oh, God. <laughs> it's a podcast, so they can't see the face you're uh, making. Yeah, sorry. My face is one of just, like, disgust as I, like... Physically recoil. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because when... You, it's not funny. It's... It's fucked up. But when you were just now talking about people saying, like, what kind of Asian are you? I had this flashback of, like, and this is why I don't take public transit anymore. <laughs> I, I bike everywhere now, and I get, like, way less, like, street harassment, like, yeah. being on a bike. Like, no one talks to you. It's been amazing. <laughs> um, but I, I just, like, I, I had this flashback when you, were, when you were sharing that story about, like, this one time I was just on the bus trying to live my life and this white guy looks at me and literally like i shit you not goes through he's like konnichiwa (laughs) ni hao annyeong like literally just going through every like asian (laughs) greeting he could think of and just like saying it at me with this like just like just shit eating grin on his face and i'm just like what what was your ideal outcome I think I met him because I've had that happen to me. Too. I am not surprised. <laughs> I am not surprised, and I and I'm the same guy. Oh well, no, I'm certain there's some fucking club or something where just like most white men who think that they can talk to women that way, right? they like that they're they're just like I will impress her with my <laughs> with my grasp of her language, uh-huh, uh-huh. and you're just like, why are you doing this? Yeah, why is this happening? Yeah, and why I, is this happening? And right when now? I used to work in a, a cafe, they would come be like, how do you say hi in your language? Fucking... I'd be like, it's hello. God, you're like, how do you say hi? Like, it's hello. Yeah, 
It's just hello. They're like, no, really. You're like, no, really. <laughs> please, please leave me alone. Can, let, can you just let me get on with my day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yellow fever guys are, are the best because it's just, why? Because they're so predictable. Yeah. And, and, and they're always like, I love Asian women because they're so submissive. This is like actually giving me the grass. <laughs> <laughs> this, this. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're in any way, shape, or form interested in nerdy things or you go to a Comic Con, it's the end of the world. It's the end of the fucking world. Yeah. They will follow you around. It gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> really fast. Thankfully, I go to like a. The one Comic Con I go to <laughs> every year, thankfully, is like a very nice, like, inclusive space that has like tons and tons of queer creators of color. Which it's like the like the safest people that I feel around are like other queer people of color. <laughs> and like this is my safe space. <laughs> These are the only people that I can trust fully without like having had years and years of like a relationship or a friendship with right? them. Right? <laughs> it does condition you to be really hesitant about new people oh completely right completely so why why do you want to talk to me you're like (laughs) and i'm like no (laughs) how does racism or race affect your hobbies and your work like if you're the only asian in the room or if you're like the type of job you have i'm sure doesn't have a lot of asian people (laughs) and being the only Asian around or the one of the few Asians, do people treat you differently? Yeah. Again, like whether it's it's us being at work or in social settings, like we're I think we're both like very familiar with being the only one yep. in the room. <laughs> like and, and whether that's like being the um like the only woman or the only person of color or the yep. only Asian or like yeah. all of the above. Right? And, and uh, the industry I'm I'm in professionally also is like I will be the only one of few women and definitely one of very, very, very few women of color. Yeah. And they always treat you differently. Yeah. And um, sometimes I feel like... Because my friends are into hobbies like doing Tough Mudder and doing marathons. Okay. And there are no Asians there. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're like, why would we pay to do this? It's the same with camping, right? right? <laughs> we're like, why? Wait, you... Why would you sleep outside? You pay you money sleep to sleep inside. outside? Yeah. So, you know... So when my friends do things like that, they do get treated differently. They get treated like, oh, you're not, you're only here to like Instagram it and you're not actually here to actually compete professionally, you know. Yeah, because they're, you know, oh, you're little and Asian. You're so cute. You're just here to fuck You're here for your photos. Are you here with your white boyfriend? And it's sort of like... As someone who also has a white partner, I know it's like, it's like parts of, parts of me are like, I didn't want to be that stereotype but it's like okay some parts it aligns but it like that doesn't give you the right to like assume anything else about me or assume anything about oh, yeah. my relationship or but it is my funny. awareness <laughs> i know and you're like um so <laughs> yes <laughs> what of it uh, sorry i'm just uh thinking back to the work thing mm-hmm. and being the only one and and it's like yeah there, there there is like the treating you differently and just making assumptions about why you're in this space mm-hmm. and like who who what other you must have this other motivation to yeah. to be here and the other really exhausting thing that i find about it is that for me like it both in my workplace and sometimes in like certain social settings um being 
the only person of color is also people like look to you to like represent the voices of the <laughs> other people of color. Yeah. So it's like, it'll be like, say it's a work thing and, it, and it's just like, did, did we work word this, you know, letter or communication sensitively enough for your type of people? And it's like, can you give us feedback about this? And it's like, on the one hand, I'm like, I'm really glad that you're seeking different perspectives mm-hmm. on something. But at the same time, it's like, there's, it's, it, it's the burden of representation, right? Mm-hmm. Because then for me, I I start questioning, like, am I, like, doing right by all my fellow Asians or all my <laughs> fellow POC? And it's like, no one person should have to wear that. You think white people ever think about, like, the, the shit that they say? No, being, they don't. Being taken as representing all white people. But, like, that's what, that's what happens when you're the only one in the space. And then people will, like, take what you say. And then let's say it somehow your advice or guidance somehow backfires or doesn't give them the ideal outcome that they want and or you know god forbid in instances are called out by another person of color they're going to be like a bajanine said that it was fine yeah yeah. and uh, that was that leads into my next question is the fine line between entertainment or um, humor and being offensive right which is super difficult because it's like that, well, I'm Asian, so I can make jokes about Asian people. Right. <laughs> but then, like, you know, you start seeing, like, Asian people also using the N-word or, like, being yeah. super racist about other things. And it's like, that's that's too far. That's yeah. not funny. Yeah. You know? Um, but, like, the self-deprecating Asian humor is, like, its own thing, right? Yeah. You know, we all have our awkward moms and our weird families. And, like, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's really different and, like, it borders into the offensive sometimes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And there's ways that for us as like East Asians or like light, light skinned mm-hmm. Asians that like, we're just, when we say shit, like using the N word or like making fun of like, I don't know, like brown people mm-hmm. or like perpetuating that kind of racism in our own communities. It's like, we're just contributing to white yeah. supremacy. We're all yeah. we're doing is up. Like we're not doing our community any favors. Yeah. We're not getting ahead by, by pushing other people down that way. And like racism within Asian communities, is like some of the, some of the worst kind, my parents are still like so intolerant of like black and brown people yeah. and can't see past those stereotypes. And like, it's, so it's not okay for, no. Um, it's more internalized racism there, right? Because like the most racist people, the most racist people you'll meet is Asian people, uh, and the people they hate the most is other Asian other people. Asian people, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, my parents have told me like we don't care who you marry as long as he's not black or brown. Uh, oh, my parents have said <laughs> the exact exact same thing to me. And you're like, why? I'd be like, well, black and brown guys beat their wives. Like you beat your wife. <laughs> I don't know what context you heard it from your parents, but was it like unprompted? Like you weren't like, "Hey, are you cool if I start like dating?" It was uh, pretty know, unprompted. Outside. Yeah, they're just like, "Just so you know, just here's so where you we know." Stand. And it was like, "Well, okay, um, I don't know where we live. There's like one black person." <laughs> like, when, when we were growing up, yeah, I'm hoping we it's up. more diverse now. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, actually, I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, like, I don't know why this suddenly was important that you feel that I know this. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, but then you're like, oh, that's how deep that racism runs for you. And then, and I, I've tried again and again as I get better at at voicing my opinion to my parents and and standing up to them to try to be like, okay, you know how it feels when you're discriminated against, right? And they're like, yes. Yes, we know. And I'm like, okay, so, so, so you're doing that 
to other people when you say shit like that. And it's like somehow... But they the are re- inferior. <laughs> yes, they're like they're like no, but it's different when we do it to those people. I'm like it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, it is, and that's that. Like, uh, it's so hard because a lot of people have internalized the stereotype. That's the stereotypes. Oh, yeah, and it uh, becomes like the ideal. Yeah. And it's like, no, dude, that's a, that's still a stereotype. Yeah. Like, no matter how you feel about it, it's still a stereotype. And you don't have to, and that then it becomes expectation. Like the stereotype of the studious Asian becomes the expectation of the studious yeah. Asian. Yeah, the model minority. Yeah, <laughs> right? Or the, the stereotype of the gangster Asian becomes the expectation of Asians that have tattoos. You have to be a gangster yeah. Asian. Like, nah, dude, I just like tattoos. You can just have tattoos and, and be happy yeah, with right? that, and that's okay. Yeah, and, uh, and like yeah. on subtle Asian traits, they, there's a lot of jokes about um, 90s Asians, which was when, um, like in the late 90s and the early 2000s was the height of Asians appropriating hip-hop culture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they make a lot of jokes about that. And it's like, y'all kids know it's still racist, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you do that, you're still, all, you're just <laughs> taking what you want from black culture. And again, like, you're, you're no better than the white people who do it when you, when you do shit like that. You're still appropriating. Yeah. And it's really funny because it became the expectation for certain, certain groups of, like, the, the SoCal Asians, like, LA Asians yeah. have this sort of, like, stereotype of being like the cool Asian so there's that expectation that you have to be like that or Asians international students have this expectation that they're rich so everyone expects international students to be rich so some of them like that's their that's their entire income was to come here and yeah yeah Yeah. but then people always think like oh well you're just a rich international student what the fuck do you know and it's like my parents work three jobs to send me to school here. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I get a job, I have to send money back home to them and support them in ways that you probably never would have to. Yeah. Like, ah. yeah. But yeah, I'm sure like your parents were also just instilled a certain sort of hierarchy of Asian good. Oh, like, 100%. good to bad Asians. A hundred percent. And they still very much uphold that. And it's so interesting that you just use the term hierarchy of Asians because it's like that's something that I've been thinking a, yeah. a lot about because you see it to a certain extent here. Mm-hmm. You see it even more when you're traveling around yeah. in, in in Asia. Um, my I have family in Singapore mm-hmm. now and like nowhere is the hierarchy of Asians more blatant in yeah. at least places that I have had the privilege of visiting than Singapore. It's, and it's like definitely there's no... based on the color of oh, your skin. Oh, it is absolutely, absolutely. It's yeah. and it's like so many places in Asia that you go, it's Japanese at the top. Yeah. And then like Filipinos yeah. and South Asians at the bottom. Yep. Like that's just they're just like, this is how and you're like, cool, racism is everywhere. Yay. <laughs> even amongst ourselves. Yeah. We can't escape it. Woo. Yeah. And then even when you're amongst your own Asians, like Vietnamese people, will then be racist against North Vietnamese people versus South Vietnamese people. It's the same with Taiwan and mainland China. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nobody likes mainland. (laughs) But yeah, it's like you're establishing these like (laughs) superiorities. (laughs) 
I don't, maybe hate is too strong a word, but I think to a certain extent, like, again, like, really reject and would purposely and actively distance myself from was, like, other Asians, Mm -hmm. like, growing up, like, definitely very prominently through high school, absolutely all throughout university. Like, I remember on one of my first days on campus going, going to going to college they have like all the clubs out yep. and they're like come join our club and it's like there's an anime club there's a students against war club there's a some track and field clubs and there was like a club called like the canadianized asian club <laughs> and it's like at the time i was like fuck no because i'm not like those other asians yeah i'm like a cool asian because i'm basically white yeah yeah white passing yeah not even maybe not why passing in appearance, but certainly in like my interests, my group of yeah. friends, my values or whatever. But it's like that's something that I look back now where I'm like, that could have been if I had like been a little more like compassionate toward toward myself and people who looked like me, like maybe I missed out on like a really amazing group mm-hmm. of of friends with similar lived experiences and upbringings that could have helped me accept and love the parts of myself and my culture much, much sooner. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had just, like, been a little more open to that instead of just immediately reject, like, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm no way would I ever go to a club <laughs> like that. Yeah. I'm too good for that. I'm too white yeah. for that. And that automatically makes me better than these people. Yeah. Like, that was my thought process, right? Yeah. Whether I voiced it that way or not. Yeah. And, like, I think that's definitely a part of how we grew up in in the town we grew up in that yeah. was predominantly white. Yeah. And no matter what you did, you were always other. So as soon as you found that's a way to, a to fit in, yeah. you were just like, I'm in. They'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> so you, like, you had to reject everything. Going out to restaurants and people, the, the server would try and talk to you. And you're like, no, yeah. I don't know what you language you are speaking. Yeah. You know, uh, sorry, my dog's wandering around. Or lying about, you know, for, yes, for Christmas, my parents totally, we put up stockings by the fireplace. Right. And we went camping over summer break. Instead of them just doing nothing as usual. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so you kind of have to lie a bit to get through life. Yeah. And it sort of is really difficult because it starts you out lying already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at a really early age, you're making up stories. For sure. And you're making up like a fake history so that you can fit in. But then there's that really difficult balance of not distancing yourself so much from your own family and your own like culture but like in high school we were friends and we had another like asian friend but that was it yeah we didn't hang out pretty much yeah we hang out because we were we were both we're both cool asians we we (laughs) reject our asianness that's right We're like we're not like those international students. Ha 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 ha! Look at those international students. Like, we're cool and eat hamburgers and stuff. Yeah. I have Campbell's soup. <laughs> I have a ham sandwich with mayonnaise. That's right. But it was that. That was how we went to high school. Yeah. And For, yes. Yeah. 
because there was it was always definitely like oh we're cooler than the international students we didn't hang out with any of the other Asians I was just gonna say I can't remember if I told you or if I showed you at the time but I was in the international student section in like one of the yearbooks one year oh there was just a fo- it was like a candid photo of me yeah in the international student section yeah and I remember like I didn't notice it at first and then like our other friends pointed it out to me and was like um you're not an Asian is this a this is you right now and I was like what the fuck <laughs> and like at the time you just laugh it off because people were like ha 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 yearbook mistake like but I'm you know I'm like so people on yearbook were made such an assumption that they saw a photo of a non-white kid that they didn't recognize and they're like must be an international yep. student put her in that section yep. with the whole page I will never forget that from our high school right like, um, that, that, that's how marginalized yep. <laughs> Uh, the most marginalized I ever felt was living in Montreal, the most racist city in Canada. Um, have you been there? I have. You've been there in passing, I yeah. Have. And how Chinatown is at four square blocks. Yeah. And everyone I met would be like, oh, do you live in Chinatown? Or blah, 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 Chinatown. I'm like, no, I live in the plateau. And they'd be like, why do you live there? Because it's a predominantly like f- European working yeah. class neighborhood. So they're like, why do you live there? Because the rent's cheap. What's your problem? But what they're saying is, but you don't belong there. Right? And I didn't get it at first until I went to a few functions and I was like, I'm the only not white person here again. Oh, it's weird. Especially because Vancouver now that I don't live in that small town anymore, it's very diverse. Yeah. And where I live now is also like super Asian town. Yeah. So I got super used to it. And then being in Montreal, going into a place and being like, holy crap, I'm the only not person here that's like not blonde. Like, <laughs> shit. Suddenly very uncomfortable and very aware. <laughs> like, I, I, oh, everyone's looking at me. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and it was very weird. And then I, I experienced racism there was super different, different too. So, cause, so, like different than what you had experienced here? Well, first there was the racism that like, oh, you're not white. And then there was like, oh, you're not white and you don't speak French. Uh, okay. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. But also every Asian in Chinatown speaks four languages. Yeah. So it's like, God damn it. <laughs> now I'm the inferior Asian. <laughs> I only have two. <laughs> yeah, man. I think, speaking of that, I always, like, whenever I go into TNT yeah. <laughs> to get stuff, I am always, I'm like, you need to speak four languages to just work at TNT. Yep. Like, you gotta know Cantonese, you gotta go Mandarin, you gotta know, I think some of them, like, even speak Taiwanese, mm-hmm. and then you have to know English to, mm-hmm. like, and I see them, they just respond like the people who work there will respond to like any question in any of those languages. Like they just like have at least a very basic grasp of yeah. it. And I'm like, what you think fucking Whole Foods <laughs> is like asking like, and do you speak a minimum of three languages? Um, okay. Okay, good, 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 good. Like, and you think Save on Foods is hiring that way? I'm like, nope. just to work at TNT, I don't, and I, and I don't know if that's like a requirement to work there, but that's certainly consistent yeah. with all the people who do work there and who have had to like do that just to be able to survive. Yeah. And it's just, you just have to. And um, like in Montreal, everyone there spoke Vietnamese, Cantonese, Mandarin, French, and English. And a bunch of them spoke more languages. So that's five already. And I'm like, I'm struggling with my third language. Right. Right. (laughs) And it was sort of like they just had to because 
that was the community was Chinese and Vietnamese, and they were just like, well, if we're going to communicate, yeah, you know. But it was just that four square block, and it was really weird. Whenever I met other Asians, it was this almost sense of relief that was like, oh. like thank God. <laughs> and like I had one Asian friend at there, and it was like sort of this this sense of relief every time. Like yeah. it was like, thank God. Oh my yeah. God, you're you're of color too. Yeah, cool. We're, we're, now we're multiple targets. <laughs> Strength in numbers. <laughs> My mom used to always say that when we first immigrated here, she would literally like run up to any other Asian person that she saw. Yeah. Like it doesn't like it at the mall, it di- in the park, it didn't matter because she would just be so, again, just in the town that we went to high school and like she would be so excited yeah. to see somebody who wasn't white, who <laughs> maybe possibly could also speak her Mandarin. Like she would go and be like... <gasps> Oh my god, it is so nice to where are you from? Like why fa- and then just like give them our family's life story because like and and it's like again at like at the time I'd be like, "Oh my god, mom, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. Like, can you please stop drawing attention to us like this?" Yeah. But it, but it's like now it's like she was, you know, being like far from home, didn't speak the language, had to be responsible for these like these three dumbass kids <laughs> and like their livelihood. And yeah. it's like of course she's going to be like finding connection whenever possible. I I had never felt that before until I was in Montreal where it was just like, I'm alone and we lived there for a year, right? So sometimes I'd be like, let's go to the fur place even though it's like a 30 minute trek just so I don't feel alone for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And it was was really weird. And like, yeah, because everywhere I went it was just white people. The majority of them were blonde. And it was sort of, my workplace was all white. And a lot of them were Joel, so they spoke this like dialect of French that I really couldn't understand. Okay. And I was sort of like super other there. Because yeah. it was like only like two or three people spoke English. So it was just like, English club, yeah. yeah. And they would sort of try and tell me jokes and I'd be like, ha 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 ha. Yes, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh no. And yeah, it was it was it was difficult. So yeah, That's sometimes really I'd be like, "Let's go to the Asian restaurant, please. Just let me have this one thing tonight." <laughs> and yeah, so we would just go and hang out at like the Asian place. So I'd be like, ah. "Yeah." And then like we came back here, and I'm like, "No, I don't speak Vietnamese in public." Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, we're safe now. Yeah, exactly. A zebra in the herd. It's fine. <laughs> You know, it is strength in numbers when you're alone. It was really important that every once in a while I would just be, like, not alone for a minute. And then here, it's like, you're one of, like, so many, and it's easy to blend in. Um, in certain spaces. In certain there, spaces. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. Um, when I was going through this, like, really weird phase in the winter, I would wear those little, like, face masks. Yeah. And I'd go to Daiso. And I'd wander around because when you wear the face mask, nobody talks to you because they don't expect you to talk. They expect you to be sick. Right. So you can just literally walk around and just pretend that like nobody's going to talk to you. No one's going to ask you how you're doing. No one's going to bother you. So I can just be like, I'm just going to shop all by myself and just not talk to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But still be around people. Yeah. That's nice. (laughs) That's a nice ritual. (laughs) It's my weird depression ritual of... uh, 
of being in public but invisible. Yeah. Did it did it help you? Yeah, because it was just a, like that? just be around people and then yeah. like people watching. So it's like, no, you're not alone. There are other people, and look how fucked up they are. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also like no expectation of you because, yeah. like you said, no one's gonna <laughs> yell random Asian greetings at yeah, you. Nobody talks to me because I have the mask on, That's and right. like when I get up to the till, they'll just point at the total, and I'll give them my yeah. card, and then they just nod, and That's I just it. nod, and we just. Zero. Because that behind the mask is already muffled, so it's like yeah. there's no point in talking. Yeah. Yeah. So you just there's just no expectation. So I got really used to wearing that little mask over the winter and just being like, no, I'm sick. Don't talk mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And just being like in public, but like invisible. It was nice. I'm glad uh, you had that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you ever just want to disappear for a little bit, that's it's, great. It's a really fun great game. advice. I think all of us that have grown up in a really Caucasian way have internalized a lot of that racism like there's no one in media until like recently to even talk about that's asian yeah right um i was talking to another friend of mine about the erasure of the sexy asian male right about how like literally in north american it just doesn't exist and if they are they're really effeminate and they're really pretty there's never like no, like, Asian dudes can be buff. Yeah. They can also be attractive. But then I think that's affected us the way we see men, almost. Totally. Because when I see Asian dudes, I'm like, eh, they look like my brother or my uncle or I whatever. used to say that, too. Yeah, and, and I'm just not into it. Yeah. So I totally used to say that and just completely rejected and yeah. like didn't do anything to explore it was just like no no w- would never date just not into asian in guys asian it's just guys. weird and it was literally just because yeah like i would they would just make me think of my family yeah so we're race traders <laughs> so uh dating yeah and then people think that um when people first see you together with your white partner there's always this expect- expectation that like, oh, does she speak English? And it's like, oh, I'm right here. Oh, yeah. Hey. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. And, and, you know, definitely not in recent memory. If I ever have, I have certainly blocked it from my mind. <laughs> How did your parents first respond to you dating your partner? Mm, my dad, not well. Mm-hmm. My mom, I think at that point, because she just knew me much much better than than my dad mm-hmm. um at the time i think i have like a pretty good relationship with both of them now but certainly at the time you're like she wasn't surprised mm-hmm. um but yeah. it's it's like they they both at the time reacted the way that i expected them yeah to react yeah so. uh it's okay my parents took like three years to even call mine by his name wow so both, both your parents yeah like they yeah both of them were just like that they're really weird recluses though okay so they're just kind of like extra weird okay and like uh, that was another thing i was gonna ask you did you ever feel like you couldn't invite friends over because yes because your mom doesn't speak english yeah yeah or what if she was like cooking food that smelled weird Mm -hmm. that that, that would smell weird to them oh yeah and because i don't know if you remember my where my parents live but we like when you walk in the door there was literally like a wooden buddha statue yeah and we also um my parents um they're more they're buddhist in the sense that i think it just means more to them like in the cultural significance than Mm -hmm. it is the religious aspect but um in the house that i grew up in we also like had a shrine and they were constantly burning incense so it's like your house always smelled nice i thought so yeah but if you're not used to the smell of incense and you walk in and you're greeted with that smell with 
you know, the yeah. food smells. Plus there's like, there's just like a wooden statue yep. as soon as you come in. Like super self-conscious of yep. that, of course. Yeah. And then, oh, your mom doesn't speak English and now you have to translate. And now it's yeah. weird. Be like, my mom says like, <laughs> like, yeah, I felt embarrassed too. Right. You know, it was like, oh, my mom's going to embarrass me. And then like. I never thought anything about them would be interesting. Like, nobody cares about right. them because they're just my boring ass, like, weird parents. And, yeah, so it's, it's more internalized racism. Yeah. It's more a part of that sort of, like, shame. Self-shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't... I liked your parents' house because, like, your mom always made food. But it was, like, always, like, a lot of food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she still does that. <laughs> And my mom always really liked having you over because she's like, you have an Asian friend. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember one time she's like, do you want noodles? And I was like, okay. And it was like noodles and like fried meat and then like an egg. And I'm like, this yeah, is right. like, this is, the, this bowl is larger than my this head. It's not for one person. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate your effort, but please do not feel upset if I do not finish this. <laughs> <laughs> you take home. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, it was that she sort still of. Does like, that. <laughs> she's sweet. I love her. Oh. Um, but yeah, like it. It was funny because I just never think about that. Really, like how like how much it affected your friendships. Yeah, and and uh, your comfort level in your yeah. own home when pe- yeah when people were there and how. Yeah. Like you have to take off your shoes. Like no, no, no. You can't walk into the doorway and then take off your shoes here. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like you know you feel. I don't, I shouldn't say you, like, I, I know, I, to a certain extent, I would be like, oh, I have to, like, apologize for this. And now I'm like, what kind of a dumbass doesn't take off their shoes when they come indoors? Right? Respect and then, this like, home. Yeah, sometimes, like, people, like, lay on, like, can you not roll around on my bed in your dirty outside Yes! Clothes? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Excuse me. And they're, like, outside clothes? I'm like, the clothes you wear outside. <laughs> what? Like, Do you have inside clothes? Yes! yes! <laughs> That is still how I do laundry because like parents growing up, we always did laundry as outside clothes and inside Inside clothes. clothes. And so I remember like when like, you know, first learning how to do laundry on my own, people are like, you separate it by color, you know, all the whites together and this weird like (laughs) segregation of your clothes. And I'm like, what? This makes no fucking sense. Why would I wash my like underwear with my dirty ass socks? I still do laundry as outside clothes and inside clothes because that's how my parents did it growing up. That's one thing that I never, I am glad to say I never rejected about our culture. Yeah, and I have clothes that I wear outside and I go out and then I come home and I change back into inside clothes because they're comfortable and usually pretty slobby. So I don't wear them outside. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, um, I had to explain that to my partner and he was like, why do you always change the second we get home? Because I don't want to wear pants. Yes. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> or a bra. <laughs> like, these are these are very important factors and considerations. Do you use your dishwasher as a dishwasher though? I do. Okay, so you're not you're not that type of Asian. No. <laughs> I do, but it's because I am lazy. Yep. That's why. Yep. That's why I have a dishwasher. Yeah. And I use my dish. But I go to my parents' house, and then I'll be like, "Where's your colander? Check the dishwasher." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's still that way. <laughs> yeah, they, they have this huge house and they, they don't use the dishwasher. It's just a, still. It's just a large drying rack. It's why. Yeah. 
Why do you do this? Do they do they use your oven for storage? Yes. Or for, yeah, of course. So you before you preheat the oven, I still habitually yep. check. Like yeah, you have to. Because <laughs> something's gonna be in there. Yeah. Why? <laughs> There's gonna be cutting boards and pots and pans in there. Just why do you do this? They're like, we don't use the oven. I use the oven. <laughs> and then yeah, so it's it's really funny, but they do do that, yeah. and it is weird things like that, and you get used to it, and. It's really hard to sort of find that fine line between apologizing for it and just being like, no, this is normal. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not normal. Have you, uh, like, visited Vietnam, like, mm. in recent years no. or when you were growing up? No. Okay. Uh, when I was a little kid, I did, but not in any recent years, no. Okay. Uh, my brother has. Oh, okay. So, but I haven't. Okay. Do you have desire to, or? Uh, I would like to at some point, yeah. but I also feel like... I don't get along with a large amount of my family, okay. so I would want to do it independently, like yeah. just pri- like without having to see them, because yeah. that would just ruin my trip. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's always like, we're going for a family reunion. I'm like, good, more of you. Oh. This doesn't sound appealing. I am out. Right. Thanks. And so, yeah, so I haven't yet. Okay. So, But you've, you've done a lot of visiting and... Uh, travel so oh, you've seen a lot over the years um and and i've been to taiwan a, a few times and so sorry and the reason i was asking you about visiting vietnam recognizing that you were born here <laughs> and so it's it is so it's gonna be a different relationship with our like quote-unquote homeland or yeah. whatever but because i was born in taiwan and we there was a time like when we were in elementary school certainly my parents would take us back to taiwan every summer mm-hmm. during the hottest fucking time to visit taiwan the oh, yeah. worst time to go to taiwan yeah. is in the summer so so, and I remember just dreading and hating those trips when I was a kid mm-hmm. because I'm like, it's a summer. All my friends are like, I should be hanging out with my friends. I should be like enjoying summer vacation. But instead I'm taking this obligatory trip to mm-hmm. this really hot place where everyone like treats me differently and just tells me like how much older I look since the last time they saw me yeah. and all this stuff. And so I like, I really did not have a good relationship with Taiwan mm-hmm. growing up. And now having gone back to it, like as an adult on my own terms, like you're saying, where like the primary purpose of the trip is not to visit family. Mm-hmm. It's like getting to actually explore it on my own and to go back with my partner as well. It has completely changed how I feel about it. And it's like, it's ironic that now that I have less family here, because like my grandparents have passed away and like some of the people that we've like visited or were obligated to visit when we were little, it's like I feel a stronger connection with it now mm-hmm. than I did when it was so centered around family. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I get that. I find that now as I'm getting older, I want to have Asian friends. Yes. Yeah. Because I feel like there's things that I now that like I'm okay with. A hundred percent. That like they would totally understand. And yeah, sometimes um, my other Asian friends uh, Yvonne from the first episode and Tracy we all have Caucasian partners and then sometimes we do things and we're like can we just do stuff that's like just the Asian kids oh. and we just do Asian stuff with just us because right. <laughs> it's like kind of like I just want to hang out and not have to explain like how to hot pot or like what this is for yeah. what that is for right yeah. and so sometimes we just go do stupid Asian things like just get bubble tea and hot pot yeah. and with just the Asian girls yeah. and we talk about dumb things but mostly things like how our relationship with our parents how it's still bad and like don't try and fix each other yeah and it's just like yeah my relationship still sucks like damn <laughs> bullshit and you just do <laughs> <laughs> right um do you still have like asian friends now or not so many in your friendship circle now I'm, as you're older certainly not among 
my closest friends. Yeah, which is okay. Like, I I wouldn't say a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, of like my very close friends, I'd say like one or two, Mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of go back and forth on that because I'm like, but all my like friendships are so authentic and like, and so long lasting and like there's people that I just trust completely but at the same time there is that like tinge of like ah I wish yeah I wish I had like I had more though for for very much those reasons yeah you just listed yeah Yeah. like yeah sometimes we just go get dim sum like we had to have dim sum girls day and then we were just like we recently wanted to try and learn mahjong so oh. we could obnoxiously because my neighbors play mahjong That's till like three in the morning <laughs> i've never played mahjong i've never played either never and then like one of us was just like my dad has a set so we're like let's learn to that play mahjong. Amazing. but yeah i find that as a kid like younger but like i don't need mahjong i can play poker but now as I'm older, I'm like, let's get bubble tea and play mahjong. Yes, this is all I want. <laughs> I remember, so that just reminded me, I remember um, like one time I was just like working on something at home and I was like, I need some good focus music. Um, nothing with lyrics. So I like found like a classical playlist on Spotify and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I could really go for some like tea to go with this right now. And like, I remember like having this realization as, as I was sitting and listening to classical music and drinking tea while I was working I was like oh my god I'm my dad <laughs> like it just it just like dawned on me in that moment I'm like but I did all these things independent like I, I wanted these things what has happened no. <laughs> I spent so long fighting against it <laughs> couldn't escape <laughs> it's a part of you <laughs> Yeah, no, it just happens. One day... Bubble tea and mahjong. Bubble tea and mahjong. Tea and classical music. There you are. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I find that, yeah, when I was younger, I never would have accepted that sort of thing. I would have been like, oh. that's not cool. Like, Did your parents used to police the music that you listened to? Yes. Yes, same. <laughs> and they policed yeah. what I watched on TV, yeah. too. Yeah, so. we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Me, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But I did anyway, and I listened to that black people music. Is that what your parents called it? Yeah, so they didn't like it, and uh, so then they policed a lot of that, but it was fine. I didn't really care that much. I I moved out when I was 21, though, so I moved out pretty early for an Asian. Yes, yes! That's the qualifier for an Asian. That is so early for an Asian. How old were you when you moved out? Um, when I moved out permanently, I think I was 22. Okay. It seems like so long ago now. Right. I'm like trying to re- remember. How old was I in 2008? I, you're I looking at me like I was. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you calculate? Yeah, I think I was 22 when I when I moved out permanently. And I had like in the in the middle, I had like moved to Ottawa for one semester. Oh, yeah, for, yeah. I remember like, that. For a term. And that was a whole, like, I remember my... Yeah, that was that was like a big thing for Did you feel my so inadequately prepared for I living did. alone? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? But I also like there were several things driving that decision yeah. at the time. But I remember my parents were just like, Why? <laughs> like what are you doing? I remember my mom went with me mm-hmm. to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And like stayed with me for my first week there. Yeah. And like none of the other, because I, I, 
like ended up like you know rooming mm-hmm. and and living near a bunch of other students um mm-hmm. who were also like doing like their first work term in Ottawa at the time I was the only one whose mom came with me oh. and like slept on like the floor of my room for the first week there now you feel more embarrassed yeah everyone else is like um yeah my parents just like dropped me off at the airport uh. and and was like all right see you at Christmas <laughs> and that was but that would but that was like even that and like my mom going home like that was a big deal for them because they're they're just like why would you leave home like do yep. you don't know how to live on your own and I'm like you are right I do not <laughs> <laughs> but I need but to I'll learn figure it out <laughs> I need to learn but it just wasn't a thing that we did like that that's why you're like 21 is very very young yeah um, I got into a huge fight with them about it yeah and they're like you don't know how to live and da, 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 and like ha, jokes on you i did it was just my roommates didn't know how to fucking live yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> but uh it was a learning experience yeah. in roommates. for everyone yeah and they were sort of like well guess we have to accept that you're leaving because yeah. if they just keep being in denial about it it's not going to change anything yeah. right and then every time anything like bummer would kind of happen be like yeah i lost my job or like a little short on rent they'd be like see see be like dude just let me have this mistake yeah (laughs) yeah can can this just be part of my growth (laughs) and it's fine without throwing it back in my face but it is that it's a part of them to just always be like you're alone in this huge world amongst the white people Mm. is that what your parents are like i don't think they ever said that to me explicitly that doesn't mean they didn't think it (laughs) (laughs) it's that white boy putting ideas in your head oh my goodness (laughs) about things like equality (laughs) it's 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 always been difficult because my brother is also dating a caucasian person Mm. and that's my parents i think have just like thrown their hands up and they're just like well that's it Mm -hmm. the whites have invaded (laughs) we did our best and (laughs) (laughs) and they're they're over it I think, but they're still like, they still are like, tell so-and-so I said, like, you guys both speak English. Stop being like this. And they're like, tell blah, blah, blah that I said, like, say it yourself. Yeah. And then they get all mad at me for doing that. But I'm just like, hey, boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, boundaries. Yeah. You know, but I guess that's their their tiny act of rebellion is being annoying. <laughs> so Rebelling against what? That our children have chosen to date white people mm. and not good Vietnamese people. They're just setting themselves up for failure. You know, white people, they divorce and they they do things. Do they still tell like yeah, they're say just things like, like that to yeah. you? They're like white people divorce their wives, you know, and I'm like, okay. That's fine. <laughs> You're like, a divorce actually means this is probably the best outcome given these circumstances for it all means parties that two involved. People who don't love each other are no longer trapped together. Yeah. <laughs> actually, quite a good option. Yeah, and they're just like, sure, just stay with him. I can't He'll divorce you eventually. Yeah, they do. You. It's fine. It's been like, I don't know, 14 years. You think yeah. they'd get over it? Yeah. But, you know, well, it's fine. Do your parents still give you crap for your partner? Oh, no. They've no, long... They've given it, up? After, you know, after over a decade. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. They actually have a very good relationship. That's good. Yeah. I remember your brother, uh, that one year I gave him that Christmas gift of his favorite things from Canada. That was like goldfish crackers and toothpaste. Oh. And Oreo. <laughs> 
I don't even remember that. Yeah, like that's when you, so sweet. Yeah, your oldest brother. Yeah. When he first came to Canada, oh he said like he did. He discovered toothpaste with the three colors yeah the triple color toothpaste oh my God. he was like this is amazing and like oreo cookies are the bomb and oh. like holy fuck goldfish crackers so i'm like here merry christmas and he was like started crying this over is the, toothpaste the greatest gift of the most i have to ask him about that that's so over sweet. the toothpaste and the or i was like stupid but it was funny yeah but yeah those were like his favorite things upon first coming to canada yeah. and then I remember you telling me about a story when you first came to Canada about going for pancakes. Yes! My first time having pancakes because I read some, like, children's book. Mm-hmm. I, think it was a, I think it was a children's detective series called, like, Nate the Great okay. who would solve, like, mysteries yeah. and, like, local crime or whatever and to reward himself for every crime. Not, not even crime because it was a kid's book. Every mystery he solved, he would, like, treat himself to pancakes and yeah. I would, like, reading this book and be like, I have never had... What is this food? And my first time having it, and this is why you're bringing this up, we went to IHOP and they serve you pancakes at IHOP with a scoop of, like, whipped (laughs) butter, which... If you don't know that it's butter and it's your first time having pancakes, like it was for me, it looks like ice cream. So I treated it as such. It was not. And I realized very quickly when I put that scoop of butter in my mouth <laughs> that it all of it was wrong. All of it was bad. You just had the experience where white people think the wasabi is guacamole. Oh, <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I was trying to even the field. Yeah, like the first white guy I dated, uh, his mom super wasn't into it at all. Into the relationship? I think or- into the race. Oh, <laughs> super wasn't into me. And it was a, uh, it made me really super extremely self conscious because his his dad legitimately said like I think you can do better, and I was like, well, what cool, the thanks. fuck? Yeah, in like t- in front of no, you? no, no, to him, and then he told me, and I was like, well, cool, that's great, knowing that your parents are just bigots. Wow. <laughs> but it's it was a very small town we grew up in. It was very white, not just white, but white so yeah very christian too. yeah it was Ooh, like yeah. a legit vital bible belt you yeah. could not go more than two blocks without hitting a church yeah. and yeah i think that was why they didn't like me was the race thing because girl he dated after me was not better than me <laughs> it was sort of like cool thanks guys yeah this what a what a great <laughs> yeah so it was early just, dating experience right so my parents hated him and his parents hated me so it was sort of like your parents hated him yeah was it also a race thing yeah okay and it was sort of like cool that's just well dating is super yeah you're like okay (laughs) great (laughs) good to know yeah Yeah. so yeah it just made things difficult i think but you know i think when you grow up a little bit it's different and they kind of just give up yeah that's the best we can hope for yeah yeah give up or just acceptance in whatever form i think acceptance is asking a bit much okay (laughs) But at least just giving up. Yeah. No longer actively fighting against it. Yeah. Letting it go. Letting it go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming out and talking about... Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Any questions? We've covered beyond (laughs) 
what I wanted to. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for thinking that through. Yeah. And thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. And I'm just going to end this awkwardly like I always do. So bye. Bye. Protection for gangs, clubs, and nations. Causing grief in human relations. It's a turf war on a global scale. I'd rather hear both sides of the tale. See, it's not about races, just places, faces. Where your blood comes from is where your space is. I've seen the bright get dull. I'm not going to spend my life being a color.